Come, let your fruit. Let me pick up some fruit. fruit oh, no. No. Get him. Oh, yeah. Hit him in the face. Hit him in the face with that apple. Pick up that tomato. No. Just go Nonsense. Here, slide that tiny leg and those insipid wrists out of those holes. Now, if I put my larger head and my gloriously girthsome hands into these holes, now close that latch. There. You, you saved me and took my place. But why? Well, you see, now I'm on a platform above everyone. I'm in the middle of the town's main street, where everyone can hear me, and I can't be removed. <laughs> removed? Why would you ever worry about something like that unless... Oh, no. And now, to tell the seventh chapter of the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressing misadventures of Detective Swag and Dr. Yeatley. Oh, I knew it! I knew it! Too good to be true. Quick, someone, anyone, bring me a sock to shove in his mouth. Gather round, ladies and gentlemen. I... <laughs> too close, too close. Get away, get away. A little bit more. Now come in a bit. Too far. Back up. Just a little. Not that much. Come back. Stop. There. That's perfect. Now, prepare yourselves for the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressing misadventures of Detective Swag and Dr. Yeatley. no, no, no. young tadpole of a protagonist, James Eatley, did a good woke by the sounds of a grandfather clock. No, I don't want to have... No, sir, I don't... Ah! Ah! Oh, oh, my head! Oh, where am I? Is anyone there? Hello? He arose with a splitting oh. headache. Narrator! And a strong desire to empty oh. his stomach. Uh, mustn't vomit. He found himself in an ornate gold bed frame with a very irregular upside-down triangle engraved on the head. He fell out. What? Fell out? No. And into his pants. Oh. Oh. 
As he arose, he found himself surrounded by painted cloth covering the furnishings. Slivers of light peeled away, blood-red oh, curtains right, flowing enough. over the window. He deduced you, you, no, that he was in the no, fourth story room no, 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 of an no, 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 no. This is my story, thank you very much. I think you should leave. I can see that I am not wanted. Exactly. Well, it's time for my shift at the Randy Ass. The barflies will appreciate my story. Well, good luck and don't let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, now, where was I? Am I all right to continue? Yes, Past Yeatley. You, you, you may continue. Thank you, Present Yeatley. <coughs> Egad! Ashley Madison. I had just remembered Ashley Madison, whom, dear listener, you may recall was last seen at the helm of a large flying machine over the Alps I could now see on the horizon, bathed in the orange glow of the waning sun. I looked around the dusty grey room for a clue to my exact location. Oh, a door. Hello? Hello? Is there any clues? Paintings adorned the wall, running adjacent to the stairs I now descended. They all depicted a rich young man whom, dear listener, seemed so familiar, yet I could not place him in memory. As I descended, the paintings grew wilder before my very eyes, becoming more manic and more disheveled after every step that I took. The final painting in the series sported burn marks and slashes and was so damaged that I could not make out the figure at all. At the bottom of the stairs, I came to a large hall. Hello? Hello? Is, is there anyone there? The sun was setting rapidly through the windows to the large dining hall, and I deduced that it was also setting outside. No sooner had the last touch of light left the room, the house came alive with the sounds of creaking. The walls trembled. Oh, oh no! What's going on? What's going on? Ah! Ah, please don't hurt me. I'm mostly skin and bone. Oh, calm yourself, good chap. We are not cannibals. The man I didn't recognize speaking my name was dressed rather lasciviously with a long top hat atop his plump visage trimmed with a tailed overcoat. My dear boy, somebody, you, French maid, get Dr. Yeatley some alcohol, and I'll have a whiskey while you're at it. Neat. Monsieur, allow me, par favor. Next to him, a French maid with an obnoxious amount of hair across her overly large nose pranced towards the cabinet holding an assortment of apparatives in various bottles and glasses. Neat. Well, well, well. What have we here? Craig's brothers of Craigslist fame. What are you two doing here? Well, we were minding our own business, selling our goods. When all of a sudden we received an offer we couldn't refuse. Ugh! Will you kindly step away from my person? Your voice sounds familiar. Are you fond of singing? What? Uh, no, no. That is my bossier. I, I have not spoken to him in, well, uh, weeks, I suppose. Uh, I do miss him so. I, I hope no trouble has befallen him. Can you stop being such a snowflake, you French twat? Ugh, 
Rude English swag. I'm sorry, who are the rest of you? Where am I? And how do you know me? Why, lad, you're at what hall? Which hall? No, what? As to who we are. Gianni. Gianni Versace. Italian. Writer of the scientific journal, Flat. It's all about how the world is not round. And my lady to your right is Karen de Winter. A late addition to our little ensemble. Famous around the world for her writings and numerous passive-aggressive complaints to various establishments that seem otherwise reputable. Yes, yes, I, I do believe I have read some of your work, Mr. Winter. Your complaints about your five-star accommodation while women and children were starving and dying in the nearby slums during the war are some of the most mortifying notes I've ever read. Thank you, dear boy. I'm glad my writings are even breaching the lowest of the socio-economic classes and that you could read it all as a true testament to whatever rich heterosexual Caucasian male took pity on such a wretch as yourself. Oh, it is an honour to be slandered, ma'am. Forgive me, but a writer of such esteem as yourself doesn't just have a holiday in a morose castle such as this on a whim. Oh, don't they? Check this one out, Yeatley. Quite a schnoz on him, I say. <laughs> Hands off me, Sneezer. We've met, but I don't believe you've met my, uh, recent benefactor. This is Mr. Disney. Howdy do! Disney, a short, stout little fellow with a long nose and big ears, stuck out a gloved hand. He was friendly enough, but something about him was off. Like a multi-million dollar corporation pretending to be a person with a soul in order to increase their market value. Can I offer anyone a little wieners on a stick? Wieners, huh? I could buy the rights and make my own wieners, then sell them at an increased profit! What fun! Aha! Over here, dear. That's Mr. Disney, all right. Eccentrically buying other people's shit. Now, these two gentlemen... Oh, we've met before. And they weren't exactly gentlemen. I take offense to that. We tried to give Mr. Yeatley here a romantic getaway for two with our beautiful sister. What a wonderful gesture to bestow one's sister on one's fellow man. How great! They tried to force me to have sex with her. Oh, sure. Everything seems bad when you put it like that. It's like we always say. If, if you, you change, change the, the way, way you look, look at things, things the, the things, things you, you look, look at change. Oh, surprisingly insightful. I thought you always said family first. You calling us liars? Well, you are. Gentlemen, please don't start this row again. Uh, they cannot help it, this one. No, no need, need to, to make, make a song, song and dance about it. Italy, this is Hugo de Penny, a scientist hailing from France. A pleasure, sir. Uh, Gianni, this is all rather fascinating, but I can't help but think I don't belong here. Oh no, dear boy. For you see, a seat with your name on it is here along with everyone else's. <laughs> I glanced around the room. Every seat had something etched upon it. Some didn't have names, instead opting for etchings of items and things. One had a drum set, the other a school of fish. My eyes fell upon one in particular, my own name. I. But, but how did I get here? Who saved me from dying in the mountains? I don't know what's going on. Don't worry, I'm sure it will all become apparent soon. There seems to be two rumors that a few of us have discussed before our arrival. One, that a rich megalomaniac has brought us here to indulge in his narcissistic self-indulgent tea party. 
or the rumor I prefer, that the scientist who abides within these castle walls has called us here to witness a new form of science, one that I cannot wait to champion into the world. Yes, whatever scientific anomaly presents itself tonight, I will be ready for it with an open mind. Johnny, I just heard a fizz and that light just came on by itself. What absolute bullshit, Karen, honestly. She was right. A humming sound vibrated at our feet as more globes sprung to life above the table and along the walls until the last light lit up the large stairs at the end of the room. Two figures emerged from the darkness at the top of the stairs. A woman in a white coat and a man dressed in an impeccably black satin suit. Welcome to my lair! Meg? Is that you? I... That looks extremely painful. Hi, yeah! Good lord, how many stairs are upon yonder staircase? At least twenty. What do you think, C1? Oh, yeah, twenty. I am Lord Cleveland, uh, your humble host and lord, no, King. Yes, that's better. I like that. King Cleveland. <laughs> you see me dressed in this rich satin suit and think, isn't he a crazy person? Wearing satin at night? Isn't he cold? No, no. I may be a crazy person, but some have called me a legend. The most handsome man to ever dress in satin on the West Coast, maybe. <laughs> a hero, perhaps. And this hero welcomes you all to his... Ahem. Meg's lair, of course, that I am borrowing for the night. Can I now? I told you, Meg, you can do your magic thing. Science. Science thing later. Please, find your name and take a seat. I shall explain what you all are doing here. I hope your respective journeys were not too hard. Uh, are. are. D difficult! Uh, I know Brixton Rock is hardly easy to get to unless you have. a flying machine. Can we please get on with this before I lose my temper? No need to get hard, Mr. Penis. Come now, you know Hugo to be easily robbed the wrong way. Why, ever since he came, he's been sluggish and deflated. It's cold. You know what the cold does to me. Cease your ejaculations, Penny. That's enough. I have invited you all here because someone among you will be... A man in your Oh, what are 
Are you doing other boots? I'm young. I'm young. A killer. A killer, a killer that kills people! Oh! I'm sorry, oh, I'm right, 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 already! Right, You're going right, to have to shout at me! Yes, yes, it makes sense. Ah, Maggie Watt. Scientist extraordinaire. I haven't seen you since we had that round world debate in Italy. Hello, Johnny. I'm well, thank you. How is that wife of yours? Divorced. We knew it was coming, because neither of us were. Our sex life was dead. Mostly due to the fact that she didn't find me attractive. At least not as attractive as that famous silent performer. Charlie Mime the Great. Oh, I've heard he's very good. Yes, that's what she said. Now, the topic I want to discuss with everybody today is about... Mime! No, we went through this. I've developed a cure for a particular sickness that ails the entire nation. Quiet! I'm a doctor. What's this about a murder? Oh boy! I bet we can make some money from this story! I'm speaking literally of life and death, uh, yeah? Quiet, science girl! We want to hear about the murder! Oh, I'm sure at least one of you already knows about the murder. Especially considering one of you will commit it. And you all know why! <laughs> We all looked around very suspiciously at each other. Somebody in this room could not be trusted. That much was made clear by how Lord Cleveland said, Somebody in this room cannot be trusted. What are you playing at, Cleveland? Oh, you know very well. As per my last email. Listen here, horrid rich man. Have you brought us here to proclaim Saeem's? Or have you brought us here to play parlor game? Well, dear Gianni, the answer is... Ugh! No, the lights! Ah! What the bloody... Oh, look! A bullet hole in the head of your chair, Cleveland. Oh, this was my favorite chair. Now, where was I? Oh, yes! <laughs> the answer is... Good God, man, pay the electrical bill. Please, stop this nonsense and let me finish my very important sentence. The answer is... Atop a certain wrapping bandit approached a certain village with a certain mansion looming above a certain horizon. Come on, bandit! We're almost there! We're almost there! We're almost there! Ah! Bandit? Bandito? My god, man! Are you alright? Ah, my leg! I think I broke it! Oh! Oh, dear. Uh, oh, please help me up. Oh, no. This is very bad. Come on, we can get it a bound. Help me get to a doctor. No. No, I'm afraid it's too late for that. What? 
What do you have? Oh, I see. Look away, please. I just want to say, traveling with you has been one of the greatest honors of my life. Yes, you were a good boy. Band, play one of your insipid tunes. How may I help you, most egregiously tasseled one? I'm sorry, have we met before? Oh no, I just have one of those voices. Wipe! I'll have a peach teeny, please. One peach teeny coming up. You wouldn't know what that sound was outside, would you? Oh, that? It was one of those little streamer, colourful, bangy things that go pop. I always use them when I bid a new friend farewell. Oh, how thoughtful. <sighs> I am a bit out of sorts, Barkeep. I'm on the hunt for a friend in peril, and I have absolutely no idea where to look. It couldn't really be worse. I've completely lost in the wilderness! And in Cornish country! Here you are, <clears throat> your peach teeny. Yeah, thank you. And you know very well, there's only one thing for a good Cthulhu-worshipping, Christian-hating English man to do whilst in Cornish country. Make a toast to the death of the Cornish. <laughs> Fisty cuffs. Under the knee, under the armpit, and the nostrils. Ah, take that, you whiskers. What? Excuse me? What do you do with that TNT? Whilst Swag was microdosing social karma, Yeetley and his new compatriots were hovering above that curious cadaver. Well, he has no pulse. Yeetley, you're a detective, are you not? Ah, uh, not really. More of a detective's apprentice. Well, that makes you more qualified than anyone else in the room. This is ridiculous. If you could just take your seat. Silence, woman! Can't you see a man is speaking? Well, actually. That's it. Good luck with your dead bodies and terrifying mysteries. I am leaving. Ah, locked. <gasps> Windows day. Well, I can't possibly solve this mystery. Can you, dear listener? He has been calling me that the entire trip here. I told you, I am more than my big years. Well, looking at the angle in which Lord Cleveland was shot, I'd say the bullet came from over here, where you were standing, Madame de Winter. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Everybody blames me for everything. I didn't do it, I say. Let me speak to your employer. He's not here, Madame. I... Now, how do you all know Lord Cleveland? I, oh, well, I suppose it's no use anymore. Don't you say anything, Hugo. Yeats right. It's time to come clean. There is a phrase that little know the meaning of that applies to this very situation that we are now in. 
Have you ever heard of the term blackmail? Yes, of course, everybody's heard of it. It happens when somebody demands something of somebody else, and in exchange, they do not release damaging information about them that could ruin their lives. Oh, that's what it means. Is... was Lord Cleveland blackmailing you? All of you? Well done, I have got Well, I'm sorry to say, it seems like we have a room full of suspects. Good lord. What was that noise? It sounded like a scream. Come quickly. Vite, vite. Mais presto. Oh, good god. The chef. She's been struck. Oh, oh. Hey, look out. She's going down. Oh, I think I'm going to faint. Oh. Watch out, Hugo. My baby puny arms cannot take such this weight. Well. Detective, how do you explain one of us being the murderer now? Swag is being carried, bound, gagged, and tied to a chair, as anyone with any knowledge of how to be kidnapped would prefer to be absconded. Hoisted through a crowd, he is eventually plopped down in the middle of a deserted factory. What irony, I hear you say? The irony that this deserted factory was previously used to make desserts. What just desserts indeed. Unhand me! Take this blindfold off! How dare you! What? What's that noise? Oh, that's the annual festival of tar and feathers. <laughs> so, you're a detective, are ye? Aye, a detective that hates the Cornish. Racist. It's got nothing to do with your race, and everything to do with growing up at a Cornish school, being bullied by Cornish people with your identifiable speech patterns and your uniquely large faces. I think he's obfuscating the fact that his trauma has left him with a deep-seated hatred towards the Cornish race. Instead of understanding that the hate he feels is situational and personal, he's attached it to an entire subgroup of human beings located geographically within Cornwall propagating hate speech and exacerbating his own fears of people who are otherwise very much the same as himself. Tragic, that. It really is, isn't it? Well, I suppose we should get on with it. What? What are you talking about? What are you going to do to me? The only thing we do to strangers who hate us for no reason. We throw them... a party! What? What on earth? No, I don't want unsolicited parties. Then come to terms with the fact that you have racist opinions that are stopping your personal growth Except that we are not the Cornish that bullied you, and that you will entertain the possibility of being, at least, acquaintances of a fair and equal nature. Never! No, wait! Don't go out there! You'll disturb the neighbor's party! 
They're quite fond of us and we don't want to tarnish that reputation. I'm out of here. So long, suckers. Oh no, he's heading to- Let him go, son. You'll learn one day that blinding hatred is no way to live. Back at the mansion, Yeatley is pacing back and forth, his brow furrowed in thought. The other guests are doing their best to contain their stress in various methods. Versace is drinking his weight from the cabinet, Hugo is humming an insufferable tune, and Karen is writing down racist takes about the mansion's help on a napkin. That poor boy has been at it for hours. Maid, another rusty pitchfork. No eyes. This is all so stupid. If you just listen to what I have to say... Ah, something, something outside the window. Was it a man dressed up in a coat? A demon child on top of a goat? A criminal lawyer or a mobster that's shy? Or a handsy bloke that swears he's a good guy? Shut up, you nitwit! This is all a distraction. I actually have something important to talk to you all about, and it involves a recent sickness plague in our country. There! I saw it too! It went up the side of the portcullis. Who could it be? What are we going to do? What's a portcullis? Don't panic, woman. Hitley, what are we going to do? Don't panic, Gianni. Think, what would Swag do? Hmm. All right, listen up, everyone. We're going to split up into groups. Craig Brothers, go with Disney and search the library. Hugo and Karen, you can check the basement. They will oh, I'm not sorry, I cannot be seen with a Frenchman. White you will stick. do as I say when I say it. Very well. Uh, I will go with the good professor, Meg, and check out the upstairs room where this alleged creature was heading. No, there's no time! All right, Mrs. De Winter. Dr. Fox, Aye. you'll come with us. I want to search the yard for any signs of the creature to see whether we can determine its size, its, its weight, and, and what size shoe it wears. We'll all meet back here in an hour. Sounds an good. excellent plan. A few moments later, and we had all split up. Get out. But I was just... Get out of the booth now! <sighs> Every time I do a wee-wee, that boy just sneaks back in here. <clears throat> a few moments later, the group of unlikable, unlikely colleagues worked separately on their assignment exactly like you would expect university students to. And by that I mean, one person does all the work, and the rest just flirt with each other for four weeks until the assignment is due. But then it's too late because the assignment has already been handed in and everyone's been given a B-. That assignment, murder. Care for a comically large cigar, my dear? You know I don't smoke. Oh, come now. Talk to me. Tell me what is going on in that frizzy head of hair of yours. I'm more than hair, Johnny. Oh, I am aware. You also have great taste in clothing. I've been looking for a new, uh... What did you call that jacket? A lab coat? Yes, that's the one. I knew it was science-related. Oh, I know that look. Come on. Tell old Gianni all about it. I'm a great listener, you know. 
I once listened to the great debator Ernesto Krizelstiks, Polish. He. I was lied to, Johnny. I was told you were all coming here for me, my scientific study. And then Lord Cleveland hijacked the night, made it about him, and then got himself killed. Ah, yes. The worst crime of all. The goal to die after you've besmirched somebody, robbing them of a cathartic reprisal. I just want to help people. I know, fair science woman. I'm not one for helping people. It's true. But if it means helping you, then I vow this night to help you help people until it cannot be helped. Thank you, Johnny. I I may have been wrong about you, you know. Oh, really? Well, you should tell my housekeeper that. Maybe she'll take me back. Uh, never mind. I cannot believe that this little uh, upstart has forced you... Upon me. And I cannot believe I've been shackled with a French dignitary. Why do you call me this? Why, because you're a dead weight. Ha <laughs> Careful of these floorboards, madame. If you turn sideways, you may just slip between them. I'm surprised at you, Hugo. Usually, as a Frenchman, I thought you would have given up by now. Well, that shows what you know, you English hag. Snail-eating surrender ferret. Sheep intestine goblin colonist. <laughs> Oh, 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 Hugo, show me your rifle tower. Only if you allow me to dive into your English canal. Oh, mm. oh. oh I want to speak Zell. to oh, the manager. The Arc de Triomphe is on fire tonight. Oh, As the sounds of conservative lovemaking permeated through the night air, Yeet, Dr. Fox, and the French maid were investigating the garden. It's the little divots on the side that give it away, you see. That's how you know they're good to eat. You know, I don't recall asking about the eating etiquette of unwashed socks, Doctor. What is it? Look to be footprints. Something big. How big? A being of monstrous size. At least a size 13 US. They lead back towards the castle. Look! There! Hanging off the parapet! What the bloody hell is that? It looks to be a bird. Yes, a disgusting, ugly, fat-looking bird. Oi! It's gone. Disappeared. In yet another part of the mansion, Mr. Disney and the Craigslist brothers of Craigslist fame are hunting a haunting in the library. Look at all these marvelous books! 
I wonder sometimes if it's worth buying up all of these stories, reprint them and market them off as my own. Why do you bigwig types go after stuff that's already been made? We have plenty of original content for you. For instance, a story about a deer that gets hunted and makes friends with a rabbit and a skunk. And finds a lady deer and has sex with her. Or a mermaid who trades her voice for legs. And finds a mind to have sex with her. Or a jungle man who was raised by apes. And finds a woman to have sex with her? Precisely. Precisely! What about this book? I think I could make something out of this. The Brothers Grimm? Bah! It can't be as good as us. There's no sex in it! Did you open up the secret compartment behind the bookcase, say one? I don't believe I did see two. Do you boys hear some ominous spellcasting coming from that mysterious secret doorway that just opened up in the bookcase behind us? Well, now Aye. that you mention it. Then that means... A ghost! Follow me, come on, back inside. Did you hear something? Sounded like a scream. Well, it wasn't us. Uh, me. It, it wasn't me. There's a ghost! I'm not telling a tall tale, that's the Craigslist brothers! Aye, he's telling the truth. Shh, quiet. That sound, it sounds like footsteps. And now, dear listener, comes the part of the show where our audio medium has utterly and completely failed us. The writers, knowing full well the constraints of the podcast format, have still elected, against the better judgment of those around them, to include a scene of our ensemble being chased through the haunted mansion, in a way very reminiscent of the syndicated children's series Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? A popular animated television show produced in the year 1969 by the well-known animation production company Hanna-Barbera. Dear listener... If you are to listen closely to the cacophony of noise behind me, you may be reminded of a recurring setup from Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, wherein our heroes, made up of four teens and the titular talking Great Dane, stumble across the villain of the week and are thrust into a game of cat and mouse that involves the use of the following gags. A Penrose-esque hallway full of doors that seemingly lead nowhere and everywhere all at once. Sliding down the banister of an impossibly long staircase. And the comical yet futile attempt to hide behind small objects such as a footlamp or an indoor houseplant. I think he's gone. Um, yeet. Oh, he's right behind me, isn't he? All of which would have worked if this wasn't a podcast. Yes, what you just heard is indeed correct, foolish listener. Do not adjust your listening devices. We truly are on the cutting edge of storytelling in our time. Check! Who's got my check? You go, hide. I'll lead it off this way, up the stairs. It'll be trapped there. Wait, monsieur, there's something I need to tell you. 
As my little feet carried me down the corridors, between doorways and bedrooms, to the tune of a zany 50s cartoon, a thought crept into my brain. Something about the creature seemed so familiar. As soon as it arrived, the thought left, replaced by my need for survival. I ran up the stairs, to the only place I knew that might be safe. The room I woke up in. Thirty-first of the second month in the year of our queen, 1899. We would see the Murkoy's tune wax above only if the clouds were part for us. I have made myself away in the furthest room of the manor, and thoughts betwixt my mind the vexing, voracious, and outright execrable events of the last twenty-four hours have left me with the strongest desires of home. Before I dare try to wound the words I wish to impart on the host marrowing of evenings, I must emphasize that the following information has been collected in earnest and related from actual sources deemed unequivocally reliable. For in these facts there can be no doubt I have seen the devil, and he is a dangerous sort. I must let's go back to the very beginning, so you may understand to the fullest extent the Norris we have endured this height. Oh, damn these spoonerisms! And now you know the rest of the story. <sighs> All right then, please do your best not to join us for the finale of this season of the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressing misadventures of Detective Swag and Dr. Yeatley. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the seventh episode of the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressing misadventures of Detective Swag and Dr. Yeatley, starring Nathaniel Bryan and Jordan Pierce as the titular characters, as well as many, many more. Guest starring Tish Bryan and a guest who wishes to remain nameless, recorded entirely within one bedroom with an Aston Origin microphone. Written, produced, and directed by Jordan Pierce. Every sound effect and music track used in this podcast is either royalty-free, paid for, or made by us. Please share this with your friends and family, and make sure you're subscribed to our Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher for more episodes. Thank you so much for your support. You'll hear us next in the grand finale of the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressing misadventures of Detective Swag and Dr. Yeatley. See you guys then. A post-credit scene in a podcast. What are we selling this to? Ma- <clears throat> in the dark night beyond the mist-down moors of Brixton Rock, a shadow slips unnoticed through the sleeping town as thunder rolls over the landscape, shimmering in the dying moonlight.